Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that would like to clear up a few things with regard to certain allegations, leaks, rumors, and outright lies that are being told about us in the mainstream media this last week or so. First of all, we're a podcast about news and culture, not a bunch of celibate monks. We took a vow to create occasionally entertaining content for the insatiable content maw. Nobody ever said we had to refrain from leaving generous tips on the nightstand for our many, many smoking hot girlfriends who we so beneficently flew across the country and put up in fancy hotel rooms and paid the room service bill for and didn't even get mad when all we ended up with was an unenthusiastic hand job while she kept her clothes on. And let's just recognize how boring and predictable this stuff is. Oh, outrage from the pornographers at MSNBC and the New York Times while they're shoving their big, meaty, throbbing, and impressively and temptingly vascular liberal agenda down our throats. I want to be clear. Not one of our so-called accusers has even come forward, unlike the many, many women who have come forward against scumbags like Andrew Cuomo or Bill Clinton. And you won't hear about that in the New York Times, will you? And let's be even clearer. This is a battle of ideas. Ideas like, dudes should show each other sweet pics of hot broads they may or may not have banged on the house floor. And ideas like, age is a state of mind. And ideas like, quickly passing laws to make it totally fine to spend campaign money on generous room service allowances for special friends. And ideas like, prison sentencing reform. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm good. Lori's good. <laughs> Today, Abe, is Monday, April 5th, 2021. Feeling uh, a little bit run down today, Abe. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to lie. You just don't we like... Got the, uh, we got vaccinated. We got the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine on Saturday afternoon. Nice. Had to trek all the way out to another city to get it, I hear. Yeah, Lori and I drove to Lynchburg with the kids, and we got there. And so first of all, we should make clear that we jumped the line. We, we che- didn't. We cheated. We didn't. That's not what happened. We 100% jumped the line. No, we didn't. There was quite literally no one behind us in line. There was no line. Well, there you go. That does not mean that we uh, no, we didn't go out of no, order, according to didn't. the state of Virginia. We No, they wouldn't have allowed us to do it if it wasn't allowed. Yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> Lori can justify the breaking of the rules all I'm she wants. I agree 100% rules. that we... Uh, didn't do anything wrong, but the fact remains. What is the current the rules. Uh, rule in the, the Commonwealth as far as... It depends like- on the district. It depends on the health district. It doesn't. It, it does. It, so it depends a little bit on the health district, but the fact is we left our health district to go to another health district where there's considerably less demand. And I am not... I'm not 1A, I'm not 1B, I'm not 1C, I'm not 1 anything. I'm supposed to wait until the governor until the governor says uh, everybody can go ahead and get their vaccine now. And, and the governor has right? by no means said on, anything like that. But I, th- I thought they were yeah, announced April it on the 16th or something. When, 18th. 18th. That's plan, when the they plan are... is they think that in like 
two or three weeks, they're going to be able to say anybody who wants it can go get it, or maybe they'll start with an age restriction thing. Who knows what the plan is? So they didn't actually, because maybe I just read on the news that uh, Virginia was doing it, whatever, the 16th or the 18th. I thought they actually had a date certain for that. Did they not? That's what they said, the the 18th. 18th. Yeah. The 18th. But that's also not set in stone. Who knows what's actually going to be the case? And the and it will vary by health district because the government won't set one standard for the whole state. They'll they'll allow the different health districts to set their own standards. Okay. And in Charlottesville, demand where where the Blue Ridge Health District, I believe, is what we're called. Not Thomas Jefferson Health District. No more of Thomas Jefferson Health District. It, was right. it called that at some point? Blue Ridge, nice beautiful mountains. The demand is very high, and we're still in one B. Whereas in the we're surrounding, we're in one C now. Are we in one C now? Yeah. Whatever. I've still not gotten anything from them. Right. We are supposed to be waiting for an email from the Blue Ridge Health District to say, you can go ahead and try to make an appointment now. And that has not happened. Gotcha. And so we found out that in Lynchburg, which is about an hour and 10 minutes away, where uh, Jerry, the Falwells, have their uh, their silly little Christian university down there. It's a nice little campus. They had... The Jerry Falwell Health District. They had a whole bunch of appointments, apparently. And so we went on the website and were able to sign up for an appointment. And even like on the way down, you're looking at the website and there's still hundreds of appointments available for the day. Which would undercut your previous statement that you cut in line. No, it, what? Well, we did. We, the fact of the matter is that we cheated our way to the vaccine. Not even that there's nobody there. So you walk in, there's this giant open warehouse of an open floor plan and there's nobody there. There's It might have been a former Circuit City. The, on the website, when you went to make the appointment, Mm -hmm. you could be 100% honest. I live in Charlottesville. I am not a teacher. Right, so I gave a list. Are, are you any of these things? And right. it was like first responder, teacher, all like 20 different options. And then also other was there. And right. You just click other. Right. And, <laughs> and if you do that right now on CVS or Walmart or Walgreens, they'll say, oh, sorry, no you're yeah. not able to make an appointment right now. But through the health department of Jerry Falwell, you could be completely honest. Right. So, appara- But apparently they're going to clean that up. Apparently, we we might have snuck in just before they end up Who? fixing that. I don't know. It was in the news the last couple of days. They're going to stop people from traveling to different health districts to sneak their way into the vaccine, which is so fucking absurd and makes me very angry because at this point, it's obvious that supply in some areas right. outpaces demand by a good bit. Right. I mean, we're, we're talking about a completely empty, many thousand square foot warehouse where we went to get our vaccines. And the people, the guy in front of us in line was a UVA student who had also just driven from okay. Charlottesville <laughs> to get his vaccine. So he this could is have a, carpooled, but he probably sucks. Right. So I'm glad we did. Right. So there's like a 20 year old who is also jumping the line to get his vaccine just because but he can. It's not actually jump. You keep on saying jumping the line. It's not that. I'm, are they in their plan, if they're going to go through with uh, not having people cross over from one region to another, are they going to reallocate based on what they already know, which is demand is higher at some places it's than It's not others? clear. It's not, it's not at all clear that that is something that will happen. Because if they don't do that, then what are they going to do with all the, the allotment of vaccine in, in this Falwell district that's going to go unused? 
I don't know. They'll keep it in the freezer, hopefully. Hopefully they're not getting out a whole bunch at the beginning of the day because there were signs all over this place saying we don't put this stuff back in the fridge at the end of the day. It, like we use it up or it goes in the trash. Well, there lose. were also signs saying you need an appointment and then a f- woman standing there saying, oh, you don't actually right. need an appointment. That was, that was <laughs> doubly frustrating because anybody who happens for some reason to be going to like the CC's Pizza next door, uh, <laughs> sees, they, they, they see a sign that says this is, a closed, this is a closed vaccination site. You must have an appointment. Call this number to see if you qualify. When the reality is you walk three feet inside the door and the lady says, do you have an appointment? And by the way, don't run away. If you don't, you can get the vaccine anyway. We're doing walk-ins today too. Oh. So the another couple that was just there just before us, the guy was getting the vaccine and the, the lady doing the intake there asked his girlfriend or sister or wife or whatever she was, do you want to get the vaccine too? She's like, no, I don't have an appointment. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. You can get the vaccine. You don't need an appointment. And she's like, no, I don't. Not today. I don't want it today. So like, <laughs> she for got whatever plans? stupid reason, she didn't, I guess. <laughs> but like the, so like none of it is internally logically consistent. Right. So even from the so-called rules that they have about who can make an appointment all the way down to the stupid clapboard sign sitting on the sidewalk that says, we're a closed site. Don't come in unless you have an appointment. The moment you walk in, they're like, ah, can we stick you? Let's, right. let, yeah. We'll stick you no matter what. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would love to know where the disconnect is and what what the problem is. But, but what is their hope? I don't not understand. Being if, run particularly if indeed, well. If indeed they do have extra doses to give to people who don't have appointments, why do they still have the signage suggesting otherwise? They probably have to. Okay, and they just hope that you you just don't. I don't read. know why just, they have to. I think the idea, if I think of it from a Disney perspective, you don't want to draw a crowd ever. Okay. So if you say you have to have an appointment, you'll not draw a crowd. Gotcha. I guess. But like, okay. as we said, we, you know, like you go to a, a, the airport or a, any other place where there would traditionally be lines and you have to walk back and forth the stupid corrals. Right. Even if there's nobody there, it's back and forth right. for like half a mile to get to the front. Yeah. It was that sort of thing. Like they had all of these corrals set up so that you could line up. There are times of the day that the appointments were full. Sure, but when I made my appointment, there was not Yeah. When I made that appointment, there was not a single 30-minute period during the day where there were not many appointments available to be made. Um and that that proved to be true that 5 days later we show up and there's literally like 25 other people in the whole place on the during that 30 minute time frame. So the process was uh, pretty simple. You got in there. There weren't a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, it was there. great. We got if in there. If you told me that she faked it, I would have believed you. <laughs> it felt like nothing happened right. to my arm. Right. I mean, she definitely stuck me. Uh, and I, my arm hurts quite a lot for the last two days. I couldn't. I di- it didn't feel it happen. I felt it later. Yeah. And they even said the, she, the lady who was sticking us was like, so where are you from? And we said, we drove from Charlottesville. She's like, oh yeah, like 90% of the people that I've given the vaccine to today came from Charlottesville. So they're, they're allocating way too many doses for this, uh, Liberty place. Apparently. Or nobody down there wants it. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's good. So you guys are halfway there. We're good. So a month from now we can get the second shot. We don't have to go back to Liberty if we can get an appointment closer to home and by then things should Although be based even easier right in, a, we'll in theory a month from now it will be even easier to get an appointment but, but we'll also see. everyone who got their first shot 
which record numbers Saturday, apparently. Oh, yeah. Like, they're all going to be trying to get their second one at the same time, too. Right. So. But yeah, no major side effects, just the sore arm. I'm also tired because I've spent the last two days filling a dumpster. We got a dumpster. Lori and I have been oh, fighting about, the, dumpster. A, about our dumpster the last couple what of days. Bob doesn't like throwing things away. You are a hoarder, Bob? What's the matter? I'm not a hoarder. It's just... That's what hoarders say. <laughs> it's just that I hate wasting. I hate waste. I, I despise the notion of taking something that is obviously still useful. Like flower petals, like dried flower petals. And Or you might have a one-day, long, long time away goal for a certain item to be used in a certain way, and so you keep it. Or more like, so for example, every kid that's ever lived in this country has had one of those goofy, like, little push cart bubble poppers like i'm trying to what is Abe it exactly? has no clue what you're talking <laughs> what are you about so there's like <laughs> he did qualify it by in this a, country so <laughs> it, it's a handle right. that you push there's it's two like a wheels vacuum cleaner. it's like a vacuum cleaner or a lawnmower type thing and it's got a big bubble on the big plastic bubble on you the bottom send of him it a picture and it pops little marbles up and down as the kid runs around with it and it makes noise everyone's got okay one. okay I, I, All right, so it's called a Fisher. It's called officially the Fisher Price corn popper, and it's this long blue handled thing, and there's like a little plastic ball dome on the end of it, and it just pops marbles up and down as the kid pushes it around. They Every like it. American child, like ninety percent of America, I mean, going out on a limb here, right. overwhelming majority of American children have had them. There's no reason for that to end up in a fucking landfill, right? It's not like my kids got all of the joy out of that thing that can possibly be derived from it. Because, the first of all, the amount of joy is minimal. Like, there's a, <laughs> it's a very low ceiling. There's <laughs> an argument to say that they should all belong in landfills. Right. Also, I mean, something can still have use in a general sense, but it's not useful to you or to the kids. So what are you going to do with it? You gotta get no, it has no utility to us any longer. Right. But the idea that it should go in the dumpster instead of, like, I don't know how or, or, or the best way for this to happen. Because apparently bringing it to the Salvation Army means it's probably just going to end up in a dumpster anyway. Right. But, like, people are going to continue to buy those fucking things. The, the other thing people do is you join these buy nothing groups. Okay. Where you go on Facebook and you can not sell but give stuff to people. Okay. The problem is that I have a full-time job. Right. And I can't babysit a Facebook group. Right. There are lots of people who can do that, but they haven't for a year. So why would they start now? Right. She's talking about me. <laughs> so it also felt weird in the last year to try to get people to take shit off your hands, given the nature of the pandemic, right? People were weirded out about meeting strangers, weirded out about going to other people's houses, even if you do the no contact thing where you're like, don't worry, the Fisher Price fucking corn pop thing is out at the end of the sidewalk. Just grab it. All right. I don't know. How recently did you wipe it down with a Clorox wipe, even though there's a literally one in 10,000 right. chance that you're going to get this virus by touching another surface? Whatever. Anyway, yes. Could I have tried to unload these things before this weekend when we finally got our dumpster? Because we do. We have a legitimate amount of just actual pure trash but even the pure trash 
as someone who's a semi-crazy person in this regard, I recognize that a lot of the shit we put in that dumpster, if we had made the effort, then some other lunatic crazy person would have come by right. and like grabbed it from us oh, yeah. because they think that they can repurpose it into something, right? right? So I feel bad even about that. Like, So we have a, a rug that I tossed in there today that th- when we first got Bridget, the dog, she just peed on with total abandon. Like, and we didn't even realize it's at also, first that she was doing it. That, it's like a mixed color rug, so you couldn't see where the pee was. Okay. You just knew it was there. Right. So, like, occasionally you'd catch her doing it or you'd feel a wet spot and you'd be like, oh, damn dog. And you'd clean it up and you'd think you'd solve the problem. But then eventually I got so tired of her pissing on the rug that I just got the rug out from under the dining room table where it was. And as I rolled it away, it was just piss spot next to piss spot next to piss spot like the whole thing was just dog piss wow. uh, it's like i've only cleaned up like five or six spots on this rug in the last month right i've obviously missed some <laughs> and uh and so i i tossed that into the dumpster but even that was like you know that could have been shampoo oh, and like boy. somebody could have had some use for it but it's not worth the effort i mean you would have to go Clean it and all. It's, it's easier to maybe that's why it's so popular to get rid of things. It's a lot less effort. Yeah, it's uh, yeah because you just it's no longer your problem. Yes. Like I we paid two hundred and fifty bucks for the dumpster or whatever. Tomorrow morning, this truck is gonna come and put it on its back and just take it away forever, and we'll never have to think about this shit again. That's yeah, great. And right, but beyond like, but the guilt is still there. Oh. Like, I feel bad about you it. You know, useless guilt, Bob. What's the point? It's just gonna be gone. I'm so happy. And for that, the person who's supposed to love me more than anyone feels <laughs> terrible. Just, just terrible. It's just so wasteful. And it's so like, and I hate that because I, I think about the amount of waste that we do like as a country. Right. And I get mad about it. Yeah. Like, oh, as we, usual, we waste, making it bigger picture than it needs to right. be. We waste food and we, we throw away perfectly good food in this country at rates that we could feed whole countries or whatever. And, and then I'm the asshole who's filling a dumpster with a basement full of stuff that somebody probably could have used. Right. I'm 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 contributing to the waste. I don't know how many avocados I've had to throw away because I always time it poorly. Oh, I get too many. Fucking avocados, and man. I don't use it. And also, isn't that Japanese lady that sparked joy? Yeah. Bob doesn't like that. Yeah. What did you do this weekend, Abe? I took my mom to get her second vaccine and then nice. the water heater at... My parents' place just stopped working and it started leaking, it, so we had to replace that. It did that oh, no. thing where it, all of the water came out yeah, all over everything? It, it was at least at a good pace to where it wasn't flooding the place. So it was just kind of dripping. Oh, that's, oh, well, that's good. good. So that, did they need a new one yeah, or did yeah. this just get repaired or what? I looked at it. I was like, I don't know much about water heaters, but it'll be. I looked at it. I went so to I just check it out. <laughs> just, I didn't look oh, at it. Bob, what would you do? You'd look at it. Look at a couple YouTube videos. I actually, that's what I did. I no, YouTube it. Do like, I don't want to press a button that'll cause us to all die. So I was like, all right, just turn off the power and this. And then I called somebody, and then they replaced it this morning. It was a pretty uh, open and shut case. Well, that's good. Yeah. What a good son you are. Yeah. <laughs> It would my turn, Get, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should open up the uh, the WGAS news bag. It's time for Who Gives a Shit News with Bob and Abe. Here we are, uh, back in Atlanta again, Abe. I know, Atlanta's been uh, news a lot. A lot of controversy about the 
bill passed by the Georgia legislature and signed by Governor Brian Kemp about uh, voting access. Right. And Major League Baseball, via the person of Commissioner Rob Manfred, has elected to pull the All-Star game, which was scheduled for, I believe, July in Atlanta. Right. And they're going to they're gonna play it somewhere else because of this uh, voter access law. Right. And they did not announce where because... Because, well, first they have to find a state that is demonstrably more open in terms right. of voting access than Georgia. <laughs> and there are a lot of bills uh, already in circulation across the country. So it would be odd if they did do that. Maybe they should just do it in the National Park or whatever, right? There's, they're, they're not passing any legislation there. I don't want to toot my own horn about uh, just tell the fucking truth, the thing, the kick that I'm on here yeah. my whole life, that, that it's better to just tell the truth than it is to lie about things. But why isn't the Biden administration just telling the truth about this? Like, and, and not not just in terms of the specifics, but in terms of framing this as a new Jim Crow. Right. By the way, do you want to convince people that actually Jim Crow wasn't that bad? Do you uh, is your goal to try to imagine that the this current moment is so awful that sixty years ago? It was basically the same thing, that we haven't actually accomplished anything right. with the Civil Rights Act in the 60s and everything that's come from that. Like, is that because that seems to be the, the ultimate result, which is that if you call this the new Jim Crow, then people are just going to discount any talk that you have about history. Like, you're not doing any, any service to the people who fought and bled and died in some cases for civil rights in this country Do you think by saying that. But by saying that not being allowed to give a water bottle to somebody in line at uh, a voting place is just the new Jim Crow. Do you think that there is such a concern? I mean, people throw around names and the way they characterize things are not always accurate. But, I mean, people call each other Nazis all the time. Nobody thinks, well, if this person is a Nazi, then Nazism wasn't that bad, right? Like, I, I think people can— Well, yeah, I think it matters. I think, yes, I mean, I it, think it, it actually— It's important that you do tell the truth. What I find interesting about— this story is the way that the actual bill that was passed is being characterized doesn't actually line up exactly to the, what's in the bill, right? It it does line up with some of the proposals, you know, when they were when it was going through the process, but most of that they right. kind of got rid of, right? So they got rid of a lot of the things that people had great issues with. There are still some issues in the final bill with the legislator having more control, getting rid of the authority of the elected secretary of state and things like that but right but the but the point is is that if you lie over and over again and it can only be called a lie right. if you say that voting ends at five o'clock when in reality voting ends at seven o'clock right. right like if you can't even admit that you just made a mistake then what you're doing is perpetuating a lie right right and if you're if that's if if you're going to lie about what time voting ends according to the the bill that was just passed, then people are going to write off everything else you have to say. So here you are fighting a stupid battle about the specifics of a bill that are easily disprovable when the only thing that you should be saying is Republicans are trying to make it harder to vote. They want fewer people to vote because the more people that vote, they believe the fewer elections they will win. Right. And that's the long and the short of the entire argument that you should be having if you're a Democrat in this situation. Right. I think if people stuck to that, then they would be on on firmer ground. Let me ask you something, and, and maybe 
you've been uh, talking up truth, and I have been uh, curiously <laughs> uh, talking down truth. I don't know, but so this whole. Uh, <laughs> What's funny is that so on uh, brief aside, you're saying that the same day that I heard on your podcast, you making fun of people for having oppositional defiant disorder. <laughs> like you, you said that, you know, I don't like to just be the guy who's a contrarian who, who just wants to be opposed to whatever happens. But here you are week after week being like, ah, you know, Bob fucking truth. What that, is it? Who cares? It's something about you personally that makes a person want to go, shut up. <laughs> to, what, what, what I'm saying is I'm trying to put myself in the position of the people who are doing the wrong things. Right. And so, the driving force behind this final bill in Georgia is a lie, right? There was no election fraud, right? The whole reason why they're doing all these things are for election integrity. There was no election fraud in 2020. Right. That did not get in the way of these people still passing this bill, and other states are trying to do the same. And so to me, it's kind of like almost – I don't want to say poetic justice, but it's funny that a lot of their efforts are now undermined by a mischaracterization of the bill. Right, because if you ask most people, the upshot of the bill is that it, you know, the, the the law against giving water and food, the the limited hours, you know, like even though in many cases it actually expands access, the lie that is being spread about the bill is kind of almost it. it they kind of deserve what they're getting because they weren't honest to begin with, right? So this whole thing is a ruse. And for it to be undermined by more uh, rusing, maybe it cancels out. I don't know. It's. I mean, I, I get your larger point. You should always tell the truth. But to me, it seems like these are right. offsetting penalties. Well, but the penalties. question is, do you, want, do you actually want to win the argument? Or do you just want to appear to be the opposite of the guy that you're fighting against, right? right. Because it, it seems obvious to me that the Biden administration and Democrats writ large are much more concerned with simply being in opposition to whatever it is the, de the Republicans are doing. And the underlying truth of the thing is actually far less important, even though they have the truth on their side, right? right? Like, so I'm fine with you playing the stupid politics game when you don't have the truth right. on your side, when you don't have the advantage of actually being right, which is that this is fucking America right. and one party is doing everything they can to make sure that fewer people vote right. and making it harder to vote. And the other party could simply be the party of voting is good. Right. And instead, they're telling a whole series of lies that leads to something as galactically stupid as the as Major League Baseball pulling the All-Star game from Atlanta as some sort of punishment because they're afraid of what? Right. Of some All-Star getting mouthy around July about the fact that he's not sure he wants to go to Georgia? Like what what are we like what what is even the argument here that Major League Baseball is worried about happening in the long run? I I, I mean I'm surprised that they actually went ahead with this move. A lot of the other companies like Delta and Coke and other airlines, they they are very narrow in their criticism to say we believe that people should have the ability to vote and you shouldn't restrict it, right? So like they're basically doing what you're saying that the administration and other politicians should be saying like don't make up things when you have enough to make the case uh and the right. businesses have been doing that like they have been saying just that point do not 
we're not for anything that's restricting access because at the end of the day, like, right. I, and what does the what does the stupid Georgia Republican legislature do as a response to even that minor complaint from the likes of Coca Cola? Is they start demanding that the Coca Cola vending machines get pulled out of the state capitol yeah, building, of course. right? Yeah, and that we're not going to fly Delta anymore because there's plenty of other airlines that come in and out of Atlanta. So why should we uh, allow them to lecture us? By the way, aren't they running out what? of like? Because baseball. You know, conservatives like baseball, right? So, like, if they're losing these kind of uh, businesses and Delta and, you know, where are they going to go to after? I mean, you can't – this pettiness where they're like, oh, we're going to get rid of some tax break that uh, uh, Delta has or we're going to stop drinking Coke in Atlanta. At some point, you're going to run out of companies to to seek refuge. I mean, everybody else is going to come out against this sort of effort. Uh, and – and I do wonder if a lot of the exaggerated, I'll say, you call it a lie, but these exaggerated uh, statements that are not true, are they doing that to also uh, make sure other states don't take this path to say, oh, it's not worth the effort. Uh, all of these business interests are going to come out against that, us. That's not going to stop Republican legislatures from doing are it you anyway. Sure? I mean, okay. Uh, in South Dakota, wasn't there like a trend? Because I know uh, we're going to mention the – Something in Arkansas, uh, Asa Hutchinson, the governor there, yeah. he vetoed a bill on transgender whatever. The South Carolina governor surprisingly did like a similar thing, right? And so some people, Dakota, some people Dakota. are suggesting that maybe business interests pr- applying pressure. They're well, causing and the some thing of these happened gu- a couple years ago in the North Carolina, North Carolina yeah. with the basketball yeah. thing. Yeah. Like the transgender bill or some bathroom bill or something. It was a gay thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was something like that. And they pulled the all-star game with the NBA this time back then. And the governor lost. So it seems like, I mean, if the same thing happens in Georgia where MLB pulls their all-star game this year, the next year Kemp loses. He didn't have a lot of support anyways on the right. This has helped. This has absolutely helped Brian Kemp in any number of different ways, especially in terms of him getting primaried from a Trump right. It maniac helped him in that on, respect, on right. but it didn't help him in the general. Basically, it's like this guy's more trouble than he's worth. We're losing business. in the general. It's just going to be blue team, red team, right? It's right, but it's but my theory has always been: anytime there's a uh, a loss, you know, people are loss averse, right? So if they think that they're losing something, they're more motivated to show up. So a lot of people, the way that it's been characterized is that. This governor signed a bill to where you're losing the ability, you know, like uh, absentee v- uh, ballots, uh, the time frame to request it is shorter. I mean, there's a lot of little stuff on their own, but just a lot of needless restrictions. Uh, right. Well, and the but the uh, the biggest part of it is the thing that got the least play, which is the the way that they handle the secretary of state. Right. right. That basically the party in charge gets to decide whether or not the election was any good or not right. at this point moving forward right. that that what happened in november through january 6th of 2020 2021 will not happen again right. because if if enough republicans at the state level and you only got you've got overwhelming numbers of lunatic true believer locals right like we're not talking about people with big aspirations to one day right. run the country right. we're talking about people who just play for the fucking red team and that the only legitimate election is the one that their team won. Right. 
So what happened in November through January this past year will not repeat itself. If, if there's a close election where somebody says this was stolen from us and, it, and the party in charge is the one who believes it was stolen, then they just get to decide that it right. wasn't legitimate. And without any evidence, place. right? Because the arguments made during this election cycle, there was no evidence supported, but people were like, well, people feel like there was election fraud. Just like now people are feel like they're this is Jim Crow 2.0 or whatever, right? Like there's no basis in truth, but like if it's all feelings, then what are you going to do? Well, you could start by if you are on the right side just telling the truth about or, what's actually I happening mean, but, and then you don't give you don't give Brian Kemp the ability to go on Fox News and preach to his choir. And yeah, is he winning anyone over because the bad guys are saying the wrong are, are telling lies about him in a way that he can say, oh, this is just more bullshit from the mainstream media and they're they're partners of the Democratic liberal crazy left. Like, is that winning him anything? I don't know. But it certainly allows him to reinforce a narrative on his side that he's the victim here. Right rather than the one who's doing something and, wrong. And I suspect he would make that case no matter what, even if people had a more uh, discipline in the messaging and in the criticism. But if CNN and the New York Times and the Biden administration and the press secretary are all parroting the same lie over well, and over again about the bill that was actually signed— To be fair, the New York Times had a pretty good rundown of what's in the bill and what's not in the bill. Now— the opinion side or maybe the headline, the you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, say the New York Times because, like, they do – Yes. I'm reading their yes. article that shows exactly what's in the bill. I'm not talking about a good faith understanding of what the New York Times is saying. I'm talking about what Charles Blow wants to put in his right. Tuesday column, right. right, which then Brian Kemp gets to say is what the New York Times right. thinks. Right. Also on this topic and for the record – I don't think that we should be allowing fucking multinational giant evil corporations to decide what is and is not good in terms of uh, ethics and morality in this country. And and it's just as weird to me that the opinion of the CEO of Coca-Cola or Delta matters at all right. when it comes to this stuff it, beyond the most basic of platitudes. It, it, sh it should matter. It seems like most people are just – whatever the you know whatever good outcome comes of it they don't care that it's weird that a business is applying pressure on their behalf in this one instance it's, it's like oh they're on my side in this argument so i'm for it you know uh there were somebody did like a look back and basically it's this this mlb uh move the nba one a couple of years ago and then i didn't know this until recently but the super bowl moved out of arizona because arizona did not vote to have mlk be a, a holiday uh, and so when was this? This is like back in the early '90s or whatever. So it didn't seem like it's happened that much, but there's been at least three examples in the last like 30 years where businesses or you know sports uh, leagues have uh, said, "No, fuck it, we'll move." On to the next important conversation we're going to have here. We have, I do not think, nearly a year into this, discussed anything relating to uh, the transgender question. Is this it's one of those things where, for that? like, maybe the conservatives think this is, like, their next, uh, you know, abortion? Because it seems like it gets a lot of play for something that doesn't seem to be that big or widespread. Like, going back to the example I was mentioning earlier about the South Carolina governor vetoing or partially vetoing a bill about 
transgender. South Dakota. What do I keep on saying? You keep saying South Carolina. You, <laughs> South you're talking Dakota. About, you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about Christy Nome. Yes. yes. One of the useless uh, Dakotas. Um, they asked like the high school association of whatever. Basically, it's, it's like, oh, they don't want women who are now men transition to being men or boys to have a unfair advantage by playing girl sports in high school. But they were saying like in the high school, there's no such example where this is even an issue. But now it's it has like nationwide attention and they're making a big thing out of it because maybe it plays well to social conservatives to me this didn't seem like it's that big of not, not to say that it's not important it is it's not what it's not, i'm not saying that it's not <laughs> important but it's not that like uh pressing of a concern like what is this problem right right it's exactly like going to a philosophy class and finding the most inane and pointless thought experiment and then turning it into a wedge issue for the whole country to fucking talk about all the time as though everyone is dealing with the trolley problem in their daily right. life at every possible right. moment. Right? It's like it's as though the Democrats are on one side of the trolley problem and the Republicans are on the other side of the trolley problem, even though no one is ever going to be in a situation where you have to decide whether or not you pull the lever on the trolley. Right. This becomes the driving conversation in the in the larger media narrative for some right. reason. Right. So it plays well with the media, but like, is this even like a winning issue politically? Because again, the North Carolina example did not work. Right. They, they a Democratic governor came in after the shenanigans that they pulled with the bathroom bill. Right. So has there been an example where this, even though it plays well in the you know, internet and uh, Fox News or whatever, but it didn't seem it's, like it's, it results in any sort I'll of. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they will never let it. It's why Ben Shapiro will never let it go. It's because it's an obvious and easy win rhetorically, right? They'll never be wrong that the overwhelming majority of people who are asked the question should boys be allowed to just say they're a girl now and then wrestle other girls right 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 <laughs> and then become state champion of the girls team right. so if that's the way if that's the level of the conversation then no ben shapiro will never drop it for as long as he lives because he always wins that conversation right but it's not either whether he's right or wrong it doesn't matter what you actually think of that right. the overwhelming majority of people will say well, no, a giant dude should not be allowed to declare himself a girl and then win the women's wrestling championship. Right. That would be fucking stupid. By the way, right? as, as an aside, uh, when back in the olden days when I was in high school and I wrestled, yes. uh, we didn't have women wrestling. So the the girls would just fight us, you know? So like there was uh, one of my good— Just a weight class yeah, one, yeah, just one of my friends was in the 170-pound weight class, and uh, he wrestled this girl, and— uh, he didn't do so well, uh, but like one of my favorite books growing up was about a girl who joined the wrestling team. Yeah, so like I can't imagine that there are that many women. Like this idea that oh, there's some guy that's scheming to exploit this is kind of like the stupid North Carolina bathroom <laughs> to, bill. Where like to what to what <laughs> yeah, end exactly? I'm a like, mediocre gonna, wrestler as a man. Who is he going to brag to? Right. Like, who, I think, <laughs> so it's, who was the? It's the. 
that stupid jackass movie where Johnny Knoxville goes and he's the ringer, right? And he's he beats all the Paralympians. Or like I didn't even see the movie. Well, the, yeah, we did. It, we did saw we? it Beachwood but in our, in your apartment. It's that level of like like what's but that sounds like um, the, try to imagine the asshole yeah. who's going to like brag about putting up ninety points in the in the girls ba- on the girls right. basketball team right. because he declared himself Similarly, to be a girl. Similarly, which awkward trans kid is super into sports yeah, it's it 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 boggles the mind i mean i think south park did a episode where eric hartman thought he could win easily the special olympics and he got his ass kicked <laughs> <Right>. like he tried <laughs> so it's like this idea that people are going to do this is ridiculous but it must play well to a certain i just don't understand the connection like this is not you're elevating this i'm telling you it's because it's because you cannot lose the because they're the fucking party of ideas, right? <laughs> and, and like you cannot actually lose that battle on the on the playground of ideas, right? right? Because you're going you win it every time. Right. And so there's a case for like one in ten thousand where it, it might actually show up in reality, but overwhelmingly it doesn't fucking matter. So but that that has less to do with what happened in Arkansas this week, which is that Asa Hutchinson, the uh governor, outgoing Term governor, limited, one yeah, wonders yeah. how much Right. One wonders how much that factors into this in terms of his also, ideological bravery. Did your girl uh, respond, uh, Huckabee? I checked. She hasn't tweeted in three days unless it happened in the last hour or so. I'll check again. Excuse me? <laughs> Sarah Sanders. Huckabee Sanders. Oh, your girl. <laughs> she's definitely going to win. She is a brunette. <laughs> no, she still hasn't tweeted in three days. But um, some, some of these bills are... Uh, I'm not sure if it's the Arkansas one or the Dakota one, uh, but they're needing proof of like their birth certificate to like verify their gender or sex or whatever. It's like a little overly uh, intrusive. That was the Dakota one. This this Ar- Arkansas bill was about, and actually, it's likely going, the veto will be overridden. So it. it yeah, I didn't know the uh, margins happen. were that great. Like. So then, what is the yeah, not, not a lot of Democrats in the in the state house? <laughs> Did they have Arkansas, Bill Clinton like thirty out. years ago, and now they're the margins are obscene? Like, what happened to all the Party's Democratic flipped, thirty years ago? Yeah, a million years ago. But if you're the outgoing Republican governor, and the the margins are overwhelming to where there are veto-proof majorities in the legislature, what is the Upside of you vetoing this just just for history for posterity. Feeling good about it, right? But uh, his, yeah, his argument so that, isn't so like I'm against a, it. He's gonna he's gonna get a contract just like the North Carolina asshole did uh, to to show up on NBC oh, like the, three okay. times a month or whatever and and be a talking head. Who's that guy? That fucking guy with the glasses. Uh, Rick Santoro. No. no. <laughs> just naming. What's his people? fucking Damn. name? Something. Oof. Damn. Yeah, Pat McCrory. That fucking guy. <laughs> He still shows up on Meet the Press three times a month. So you think that, that he's angling for some uh, post? Uh... I don't know if he's ang- I think that he did the right thing because he thought it's the right thing but, to do. And also, it's easily couched in terms of conservatism. But also, it's, it's, this, is, again, this should be a conversation that happens between a kid and a doctor and their parents. And it shouldn't be up to the Arkansas legislature to determine the course of medical treatment, whether there is one or there isn't right. one. It's not up to the fucking oh, idiots at the uh, state capitol. So, yeah, so Arkansas that. is the gender-affirming thing. Basically, it's like okay. Right. Yeah, they were gonna. They were trying to ban surgeries. Yeah. 
But not just that. They were trying to ban any of the gender of so-called gender-affirming care. And I'm not saying that this is an easy question. And I certainly don't think it's as easy as the activists on that side of things believe it to be, which is that any fucking four-year-old who says he's a boy when he was born a girl should be permitted to make their own decisions or whatever. All right, uh, All right. As Ben far Shapiro. As is there an age pu- floor? Pu- I don't know. But what I know is that uh, giving a 11 year old puberty blockers is like a just giant fucking big deal and it shouldn't have anything to do with the state legislature right but is, is that a thing yes you can give yeah to, sure to somebody you, that young you can yes yes but that's a decision made between the doctor right. and the parents and the kid it's not like this there's not an 11 year old who's going to some radical doctor who's <laughs> Uh, gonna you can't s- get like gonna sneak around behind the parents' back okay. and stop. You can't the even kid like go to the dentist without your balls. parents' permission. But yeah, like, and that's a fucking big deal. And I'm grateful that it's unlike it's something that I'm very unlikely to have to deal right. with. And and for that reason, it's nothing that I think should be legislated by anybody else. My personal contact with trans individuals is very very limited, right. as it is for m- most Americans. There happens to be someone in my family my extended family who has transitioned from the way that I understood them when we were kids growing up, she was a cousin and now he is a cousin and like by all outward appearances seems to be living a very happy life. And certainly one that is happier than, than it was when he was struggling with some things when he was a kid growing up. Right. It seems like it's a um, difficult uh, decision. Why not just let people be and make their own decisions? Uh, did any of these politicians or any of these states trot out somebody who, oh, when I was like 11, I did this and now I regret it? Like, you know, sometimes to kind of win over. I'm sure that the politicians have. I've found – so there are people out there. There are tons. Who transitioned and regret it. I don't and know if it's back. tons. I don't know if it's – I don't know the percentages. It's likely a small percentage. But is their transition regret linked to their them being adolescent? Like, is it just limited to that? Like, because what if you transition in your adulthood and you regret it? This bill wouldn't do anything about that. Right. I don't know. And my thing with the, and this is this will sound as though I'm being insensitive, but ultimately, I think where I have come down on this, if I have to come down on it somewhere, which I as established by the last year of just not talking about it, despite it being something that everyone seems to want to fucking talk about all the time. I don't think it's something that I should have to come down on one side or the other of. But as long as we're talking about it, imagine, uh, thought experiment style, that it is determined that transgenderism, as it is presented in the media, is actually just a psychological defect. So this is what this is what a lot of conservatives would say is that these are people who are just psychologically damaged and that there's there's no such thing as a normal healthy person who was born a male who wants to become a female that there's something wrong psychologically with that person right supposing that that's the case i'm not saying that's the case but let's grant the so as is my want i love to just give people their premises right. and then figure out what the actual right response to that right. is rather right because that's a way more interesting conversation right. than to fight them on their fucking premise is to say okay then what logically follows from your premise and i think it's pretty clear that even if you grant that all transgenderism is just a is a faulty psychology in the brain chemistry of the individual in a lot 
if, if not the overwhelming majority of cases, the treatment for that is probably to go ahead and let them transition. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That it's problem that it's that the only way to treat them, if, if all you're thinking of it is in terms of a psychological disease, that you're probably not going to fix it by convincing them that actually you're just psychologically diseased right. and you're just a man. Right. Uh, that, that the best course uh, of treatment is probably to just go ahead and let them transition and live the life that they think they're supposed to be right. living. So either, and so either way, so, so then, then the gift, and if, if that's the conversation we're going to get, get the fuck out of here. Like we don't have to have the conversation. Right. Anymore. Either way, we, you arrive at the same conclusion that, right. You know, so e- e- either it's what they're saying it is, or, you, or it's whatever, some psychological, whatever. If this is the remedy for both, then what's the problem? Right. Because what if they want to play on the girls' swim team? <laughs> now, at the same time, it can get completely insane. Like there was that CNN article that made the rounds on conservative media. There was a sentence in it that said something like, there is no way of determining gender at birth. Right. Where, where, like, and that's almost an exact quote. I'll pull up the thing. If you want to get real annoyed, watch the short New Yorker film called Raising Baby Gray about a couple who raises a gender neutral baby. Hmm. Just something to do okay. if you want to be yeah, If annoyed. you really want to hate a couple of people, you can watch that. <laughs> the quote is there's no consensus for assigning sex at birth. So it's not it wasn't even about gender. There's a line in a CNN story and the quote is there's no consensus for assigning sex at birth, which is what like uh, what? There's <laughs> a pretty strong consensus that if it's got a penis, uh, we call it a, a male, and if it doesn't, we call it a female. It, it, right? I mean, isn't there the, also the rare occasion where it's like intersex? Yeah. Sure, but there's a consensus for figuring that right. out too most of the Were time. Were they quoting right? somebody or the, the writer of the story? That was just in the article, and it somehow got through the editing process. I don't know how. Okay. So honest uh, mistake. Uh, let's see, real quick. Yellen, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, is calling for a global corporate tax. I don't know how much there is to talk so she's about that, calling except that it's not going to happen. For a like minimum tax, at least this much. Right. So that so that Ireland, for example, can't say, "Hey, if you stick your corporate headquarters here, we'll only charge you two and a half percent or whatever, and you won't have to pay the exorbitant American or British." corporate income taxes and it obviously creates this incentive where there's a race to the bottom for corporate tax rates but the notion that you're somehow going to get a couple of hundred or even a hundred or something industrialized countries to agree to a minimum corporate tax seems rather pie in the you sky know, to me you know what's what's interesting because yeah this is not going to go anywhere uh and maybe it's, it's just more for messaging than anything else it's like hey wouldn't it be nice and then they get shit on from the right and then the story dies dies but, you know, America is a big country, right? You would think that they would use some of their soft power to, like, especially countries like Ireland or one of these island countries that people uh, hide their money in, to say that the United States right. would look unfavorably uh, if you were to do, you know, like, to do that. Basically discourage people parking their money in those places because they deal with the United yeah, well, States. So, like, it wouldn't be... I know they're trying to siphon off some of the... It's almost like the corporations here have got some large percentage of the population, of the politicians, 
under their influence in <laughs> some semi-meaningful way. Perhaps. And so it's not really in the interest of a bunch of senators to crack down on Ireland's low corporate tax rate because it would actually harm their own fiduciary interests. Right. But you could argue that you can actually have a lower tax rate if more people pay the actual taxes that they owe or keep the tax rate where right. it is. You know, Because a lot of money just goes elsewhere. And it seems like people are aware of it. And maybe you're right. Yeah, enough enough politicians have been paid to look the other way. I'm largely convinced that we should eliminate all corporate taxes and instead institute a consumption tax, uh, widespread consumption Weren't tax. Weren't they talking? Oh, this shows Is it- that I read a headline. Something about taxing people by how far they drive. Pete Buttigieg. I mean, that's just what a gas tax is, or a, or any of. Isn't the, the problem with most of these oh. that it's regressive? Like you'd have to come up with a way to offset the, like consumption tax, for instance. Wouldn't that be? I mean, poor people would impact them more than a rich person. Sure, but there's any number of ways to get around that. Say, if you make less Minimum. than seventy-five thousand dollars a year, like you don't start paying your consumption tax until you get above a certain income threshold. Or something along those lines. Right. I haven't looked into it a great deal, except that as long as there are corporate taxes, there's going to be a great deal of corporate tax fraud. And not even fraud in the sense that they're actually cheating, but just fraud in the more general sense that they're doing everything they can to minimize their tax burden rather than paying their quote-unquote fair share, right. uh, whatever that would be. So basically find a way and where you can collect taxes that's harder to, to hide. So like more right. direct and if, transactions. If a company is going to owe 25, just as a round number here, $25 million in taxes, but by paying some accounting firm $5 million a year, they can reduce that to $19 million in taxes, then they've netted an additional $1 million, right? right? right. So it doesn't and, – and, and they've grown the economy in that stupid way that the economy works. It just – I don't know. The fair tax was an imperfect solution to a very real problem, and I think that there's there's some way to do it that makes more sense and also doesn't tax people's time. I've always had this strange – I mean strange only in the sense that it seems to be widely accepted that income is something that should be taxed, and I've always thought that income is something that should not be taxed. Rather, it is consumption that should be taxed. Right. Uh, but I mean, did it matter of- what you tax though? You're just trying to. So I think it does. I, th- I think it does matter what you tax. I think you can tax accumulated wealth. I don't think that you should tax people on the time that they spend working, which is effectively what that is. Right. And I, I think that, that that does matter in a, like in at all way. or not at the rate that the, so you're zero percent income. I think that you just. I think that philosophically you should shift it. So you you should tax cons- consumption higher than we do in this country. Right. Uh, because we should be discouraging overconsumption and waste. But at the same time, instead of taxing people for the work that they do, you should tax people for the amount of based on the amount of wealth that they have acquired. I think that that makes way more sense in a philosophical way than it does on if I work this hour, then I owe 15 or 20 or 40 percent right. of the time that I spent during that hour back to the government. Right. Like I, I just disagree with that on a, a basic philosophical level. And I think that there's a, I think you can incentivize more tax compliance by taxing things in a, in a more ethical way. Uh, moving along, 
Abe, I, uh, did you watch the Sunday shows this weekend? I only caught parts of uh, Meet the Press, but not. I didn't watch a lot of it, no. So Ulsterholm was on Meet the Press. He was also on the he's still on Fox. Doing this the is doom Michael Ulsterholm. He's at. It seems like he's kind of picked. Yes. But he does. But you know, I'm surprised he's still sticking with that because for a long time it's not just him. It's not just Godly, him. Who so I still the think is like the best of the doom bunch from the CDC. Right. Sorry, right, but what? Uh, Godlieb seems to be the most reasonable of the bunch because everybody else is kind of like. They He's want the only one who's been good this whole this whole fucking time. Like consistently, right. he doesn't lie. He basically seems to not be a complete lunatic when it comes to when we can expect things to approach normalcy. Right. Osterholm uh, is saying what now? Because I, I I caught a bit of what he was saying, like some sort of like the worst is yet to come or something. Like what? What? He said that. So the the thing that that threw me was when he said. And by the way, he's a, he's he's not in the government anymore. He used to be somewhere I forget where. He's currently at the University of Minnesota or something like that as an infectious disease he lecturer was, or specialist. He of was some kind. he was in the Biden transition team, but he was yes that too. Yeah, but that was basically. But he's not he's not he's not in the government right. at the moment. He's just on Sunday morning shows. The analogy that he used was: Would you walk into a burning building with a fireproof suit that only worked 90% of the time. And that was in reference to people who are fully vaccinated with the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine, where you have something like 90% plus efficacy in terms of whether or not you're going to get a disease. And so the implication that he's saying there is that if you walk into a burning building with a fireproof suit that is going to fail one out, of, one out of every 10 or 20 times, you're going to burn to death, right, by virtue of the fact that you've walked into that burning building with a failing fireproof suit. When in the correct thing is that you might walk into that – if you're going to use that analogy, you walk in with a fireproof suit and you, like, you might singe your fingertips, right? right? Because what, what the vaccines have done – People who have been fully vaccinated are not dying and are not getting severe cases right. of COVID when they do happen to catch it, right? It prevents 90 to 95% of all cases of COVID and like 100% of severe and deadly cases of COVID. So for him to say that it's like walking into a burning building with a fireproof suit that only works nine out of 10 times is to tell a lie. Right. Again, it's to, and also it's, it's, it's to take a metaphor and bastardize it to the point where you're scaring people into not even bothering with getting the vaccine. Right. Also, if everyone got vaccinated, then that analogy would still be true in his mind, right? I mean, even if everybody was vaccinated, everybody has like a temper. Like- That's what I said. That's what I screamed at the television on Sunday morning. I was like, he's just talking about us being in this permanent state of COVID restrictions forever, right? right? Because even in the best case scenario, according to his metaphor, we will never escape this. Right. This is something that we will live with forever, from the masks to the social distancing to fucking Michael Osterholm's recurring contract at NBC News for half a million dollars a year to show up on Meet the Press right. and scare the shit out of but people. But you think he— Which is the, o- like, the only conceivable motive that I have for him being such so full of shit about this in a way that's so it's obvious. It's possibly he's just stubborn because he could still make the rounds shifting to say, yeah, the, the cases rising is troubling, especially that it's— uneven because like part like michigan is up while georgia is down and it's kind of hard to figure out 
maybe it's, it's the season. I don't know what it is, but he could it's shift spring. to something else and he could still show up on these things. So I don't understand why he's taking this approach where it's doom and gloom forever. I don't know. And it's obvious if you look at any of the numbers that matter. Yes. So cases are still unfortunately kind of high, but the 14 day rolling average is consistently down right. for one thing. It, there are no longer a thousand people dying a day. There are no longer 4,000 or 5,000 people dying every day. Right. right? And obviously the, the weekend numbers are always down, but I think the Sunday number was under 300 yeah, the sun, in terms yeah, of the COVID Easter deaths. Sun, maybe, you know, yeah, the Eastern. And yeah, that's all. That that Sunday number tends to lag, and that will catch up with higher numbers. Leg. If you're talking about Michael Osterholm, you have to say it's it legs. Right. <laughs> and I just don't know what the what you're supposed to do with that. Right. Besides, like, because to me, I'm watching that, and as a fucking relatively smart individual, it just makes me want to throw up two middle fingers and go back to life as normal. Right. Like, even though I'm not, am I going to do that? No. no. Yeah, it, uh, he's not because helpful. Because I'm a fucking sheep, apparently, also, who just does whatever Michael Osterholm tells me to do. we don't want to go back to life right. as normal. Right, also, I don't really want to go back <laughs> to life as normal. But I would like to go to the fucking movies right. after I get my, my second COVID shot in a month and, like, you know... I, want, I might want to go to the Alamo and watch a movie some right. night. And according to him, that's like walking into a burning building with a fireproof suit that only works 90% of the time. I would be – I would understand his concern if the number of reinfections and the number of vaccinated people getting infected – so like natural infection, people getting reinfected, and then people who've gotten both doses or the J&J once, if the – they're getting infected at a high rate and they're still going to the hospital and still dying, then it's doom and gloom. But that hasn't been happening. Right. But at the moment, it's not even clear that people can carry the fucking thing right. if, as long as they have right. the vaccine, right? And like it seems to this point that people aren't even carrying it as as uh, asymptomatic carriers. The, the thing that made this this whole thing such a nightmare to begin with is that people showing no symptoms could watch walk around and be super spreaders, right. right? And now we have a decent amount of proof that people who are vaccinated cannot carry this thing, or it's very, very unlikely that they can become infected. If you want to get it <laughs> with the vaccines. It's just the the messaging on this, and it's not like the Biden administration has been a whole lot better because they want to make it they want to make it seem as difficult as possible right up until the moment that they can claim victory right. and be responsible for uh, the opening back up of everything. And I, I'm not saying that Osterholm is in some sort of – is. I, I, just, I don't know what his motives could possibly I, yeah. be. In, Other than just for the from the get-go, he's been doom and gloom and he's just kind of fixated on that narrative. Uh, because, you know, earlier, you know, with the whole it's better just to tell the truth, a lot of people are saying, oh, the – the federal government, the administration, they're kind of hedging. They know more than they're letting on as far as people who are vaccinated, uh, as far as them being able to travel. I think they finally came out and said, you can't travel. Uh, but they're holding well, they back. they haven't told Michael Osterholm. They just haven't told him. Right, they haven't told him. Yeah, maybe that's why he didn't get a, a, a an actual position. That's why he's so sad. But a, a, a lot of people are, 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 are thinking that some of the hesitation, and they're not coming out and saying that, in all likelihood, if you're vaccinated, you're good, right? You're not 100, percent but you're you're in a much stronger position than what we're currently saying based on the recommendations. And they don't want to do that because it'll create some sort of incentive for other people to just lie about being vaccinated. I, I don't understand what 
the it obviously would create the incentive for more people to, to get, get the, the vaccine. vaccine. Yeah, not right? to lie about like, having vac- just vaccine. Just tell the truth. Right. As far as we know, this vaccine fucking kicks ass, right. and it doesn't appear to have any short-term negative side effects. And yeah, who maybe it'll grow tumors out of your fucking right temple right. Uh, twenty-five years from now, for all the fuck we know. Right. But in the meantime, this is great, and we can all go back to normal here in like just a couple of months if everybody gets the goddamn vaccine. And instead, they're like, well, as it turns out uh, people should get the vaccine, but uh, the reality of the situation is that you're taking your life in your hands anytime you walk outside or into a crowd without a mask, even if everybody's fucking vaccinated. Like, who is that helping? Right, and also, it runs counter to the experience here in Georgia. The numbers are very good relative to what I'm seeing. That's something else that drives me nuts, is this commitment to, like, one region figured it out and another region didn't figure it out and that somehow there's some sort of karmic price that needs to be paid by one region versus another. And that, at the beginning, I understood it. Like you wanted to discourage certain types of behavior. But the notion, like if, if we're going to look at this from a big picture sort of standpoint, the difference between what happened in Georgia overall and the difference between what – like in, in Connecticut is – it's ultimately going to be basically the same right. that none of that none of the differences in regional adoption of mitigation measures ended up making all that much of a difference right. because and all of the moralizing about it was, and, and, was and it's mostly that level of bullshit due to lack of adherence right so even the more strict states i bet you people went to each other's homes more than people let on i'm sure most people, a lot of people would follow the rules and they stayed home but just based on the fact that California had all of those issues, even though, you know, from the government's perspective, they had a lot of restrictions. People must have been hanging out and spreading it some right. other way. People are going to do what they're going to do. And the people in Minnesota are functionally no different than the people in Georgia. Right. And it doesn't matter if they're, they swing 60-40 one way or 60-40 the other. Human beings are still just human fucking beings. And it doesn't matter where they are. Right. And it doesn't matter who the fucking leaders are. Right. They're going to do what they want to do. And my, and my best guess is that a lot of people in Georgia the virus has already burned through a lot of them and they've gotten natural infection and you just can't get it. I mean, you may get it down the road, but like at least in the immediate aftermath, you're somewhat covered. And so that's why maybe the numbers look a lot better than they do in, in Michigan. I still don't know what's going on in Michigan. I still haven't gotten a clear understanding as to why Michigan of all the other States, because they're doing a lot worse than, but it's just, it's, it's just cyclical and it's, and it's just what happens. Like, I don't think that we're ever going to fully understand it. It's just a thing that happens. And the idea that we can somehow control it more in one state than we can in some other state just strikes me as absurd. I would just blame the Canadians. And if you're near, near the Canadian border, just blame it on them. Even though there's a hard. I will tell you, Texas and Dallas in particular, since stuff opened up there, what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. Case numbers way down. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it's just like you said in Georgia. Like ev- people weren't doing it anyway. Right. They weren't doing it anyway. That- Where like if you opened up a place like New York or California where – there had been more adherence. Right. Then you'll see the numbers go up. But here it's just like whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I think. Yeah. Fuck it. The one of the baseball teams they have like a full, like today like they forty thousand people are at, at the baseball game, and there won't be an uptick in cases because like most of them probably already they already <laughs> have it or they're vaccinated or they're vaccinated. It'll be yeah. like this limited herd immunity, right. where like people like 
me and Bob are waiting till we're vaccinated right. to go anywhere. Right. It's not like, oh, the movie theater's open. Count me in. Right. I still think the movie theater will be the last to be full. It seems like people just are like, oh, I can watch it at home. Why would I even want to go? I, it's, I really want to go see a movie. Not, you say that like you haven't gone and seen I movies. I know, but I am one of the few people that are, I, every time I go there, there's like. I know. Well, the, so that's the other thing that I can't relate to. I don't want to go anywhere if it's going to be crowded anyway. Right. Two years right. ago. Like Friday night. Right. No, yeah. I'm not going to a movie then. Right. I used to like plan around that to so go like on a less yeah. busy time. But now I can do a Friday night, whatever, because it doesn't matter. Nobody's there anyway. Yeah. But yeah. But but that's I didn't want to go in a crowded movie theater before. I was always weird about people in grocery stores. Like if you're looking at the sour cream and I need sour cream, <laughs> I'll just go. I'll come back. I'll come back when you're not there. Like, a lot of people just kind of hover around pretending much. to look at other things in your butt. <laughs> no, I I cannot. I gotta leave. I gotta move. What do you mean you I hate like it. go get the milk or something and then circle back or? I literally leave the area. Okay. Yes. So you're not a hoverer. The problem is that the truth is boring, the truth is uncontroversial, and the truth won't get you 30 seconds of talk-back time uh, during the morning talk shows, right? You just say, you just say the, the thing that is true, and, and nobody wants to fight you, and the whole goal is to have somebody fight you. Right, and also there's no cost to lying. Yeah, so is the pandemic getting worse? Uh, you, would, you would think so if you'd watched the Sunday talk shows this weekend, right. which is when it, it seems demonstrably to be the case that the pandemic is certainly not getting worse. Anyway, Matt fucking Gates, <laughs> Abe. Couldn't have, couldn't have happened to a no nicer kidding. guy. This guy is a total chode. All right. So last week, shortly after we wrapped, as usual, <laughs> uh, Matt Gates started to get in some trouble. A report from the New York Times suggested that he was under investigation uh, by the FBI. Was he under an investigation or was he the subject of an investigation? Was that his uh, he was argument? The subject, the he difference? was the subject but not the target right. of investigation. Right? When I first saw these headlines, I was like, ah, that's too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and more stories keep on coming out that's like, oh my God, this guy. He's such a colossal piece of shit. And it, like, like I said, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. But he... <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it this week. I was flipping I was flipping through the different news channels just trying just to waiting. find just more waiting. Matt Gates content. Like I was just a total drug addict for it because I wanted to hear more and more about Matt Gates. To summarize the story, he may be in trouble for possibly transporting someone under the age of 18 across state lines in order to have a sexual relationship with that person. He denies this, of course, and it's not entirely clear because all we have at this point is reports from the New York Times based on uh, leaked information from the the Justice Department investigation. Right, and I know he's trying to spin it into some sort of politically motivated thing, but it should be noted that this investigation started during the Trump administration during Bill Barr's tenure. So it's not like it just started a couple of weeks ago uh, with America. Right. And this was, this, this was noted on a different, on a, I think it was the Skullduggery podcast with uh, Isakoff over at Yahoo. But 
they mentioned that despite the fact that you sort of naturally link Gates to Trump in your head because he was one of the loudest and most vociferous defenders of the president at every fucking turn and would just constantly be on the news or on the House floor or on Twitter right. talking about and, and defending Donald Trump and saying how he's the greatest president of all time. It's not like he was very clearly in in Trump world. Right. Like it's not like it was obvious in in the way that like Trump would put his arm around Mark Meadows. Uh, I mean, not literally because right. he doesn't touch people, but uh, or or the way that he would embrace Jim Jordan or even Devin Nunes. Like there there were people that Trump who would go to bat for Trump and who Trump would bring into the inner circle and they, they would be part of Trump world. It's not clear that Gates was ever actually really part of Trump world. He didn't appear to have any friends on the inside he, in a meaningful yeah, way. He seems he comes across as a hanger on because it, it, the willingness by so many to, to not, I mean, nobody would want to touch the story. So like, I understand that, but like he's not getting a lot of support, right? Right. It's like Jim Jordan and basically no one else. Right. And Jim Jordan's got his own problems. Uh, so he's going to try to ride this out, and he may. You know, like I always say, my advice to all of the people, you cannot improve your position by resigning, right? So, Right. He's not going to resign. He's absolutely not going to resign. Right. But uh, And I'm not – and if he didn't do anything wrong, then obviously he shouldn't. But, but it feels like more is going to come out. It's like – it's just going to get worse and worse. It's almost kind of like that Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, the, the football player, where it's like there's like 400 right. mas you know, massage people that are filed some sort of complaint. And he's like, oh, well, 10 of them said that was cool, right? Like to try to that's offset right. it, like that's going to make it better. You didn't do it all the time. Thanks. But like I don't think it's going to stop with this. And then when people – anytime, Anytime you have to get your agent to go around and collect signatures from massage therapists – on a letter that says, I massaged the Sean Watson, and he didn't ask me to jerk him off or stick anything up his butt uh, even once. Anytime that's what you're tasking your agent with, uh, you're probably having a pretty bad right, time. Right, right, because it doesn't do anything to dispel the other allegations. It's like, yeah, you didn't do it all the time, but I can't – I would imagine more will come out. I mean, like looking back, a lot of people have made uh, – have pointed out some of his past actions and and tweets uh, and and pieces of legislation he voted against, and it all paints a bad picture for him, right? Because right. there's a pattern emerging here where, right? But all of that is even like aside from the really wildly like all of that is funny and interesting, but compared to the actual story, which is like he was in a place where they were making fake IDs for people with a buddy of his, like the, the whole, cause the whole thing actually revolves around someone else. And I'll put some links. If you want, really want to read about it, I'll put some links in the show note. You can, you can read the various stories, but all of the, did I transport uh, young women across state lines for the purposes of having sex with them and then possibly be extra generous with how much of a per diem I gave my girlfriends, so-called, on those trips. That's all, like, hilarious and amusing and sort of pruriently fascinating. But it's not nearly as interesting as the fact that he's, like, tied up with uh, actual criminals down there in Florida. And he does—he's not married. 
He's not. He's engaged to the love of his life. Why does who's, it? Oh. He's turned him around. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> turned a corner, did um, he? Why does it matter if they're going across state lines? Because then it becomes a federal crime. Yeah, but That's like what the FBI. Gets so it in. doesn't matter what the age of consent is in Florida if you're banging your smoking hot seventeen-year-old Florida girlfriend. If you're girlfriend. going from like if you're taking someone from far away in Florida to farther away in Florida, yeah, it's still messed up. That's it's still a state fucked crime, up. Yeah. First of all, I don't know what the age of consent is in Florida, but I don't think that find it's out for you real 18. Quick. And also, I mean, he's clearly I'm trying sure to— this is a very popular search. 18. Oh, wow. Okay. Look at that. Spot on, Bob. Curious you know that. Uh, there is a close-in-age exemption allowing minors who are 16 or 17 to have sex with someone who is no older than 23. Oh, that the Romeo and Juliet law? That's what it says. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt Gates is— He's think he thinks he's being clever. Maybe you know these stupid courts. Maybe it'll work. He's trying to repurpose the money he gave for sex as for something other than sex. Oh, I'm paid for your flight because I'm generous, uh, or right. I paid money just you know for walking around money. You know, Florida, there's things to do. Like if you just say it that way, then how can you prove that it was? directly for sex well you would need somebody to come forward and say uh, i'm a hooker <laughs> and he was paying me for sex which is not something that un- you know unfortunately in our country with all of the laws against sex work right. uh, it's not something that people often That's do right. so they the plausible deniability of of the girlfriend experience or the the escort or whatever you're just paying for her time you're not paying for the for what happens at the end of the right. night i uh do we want to have a really weird conversation? So here's something that's been bothering me lately about this uh, age of consent thing Uh-oh. and and how... Is this a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hot take. This is just... So it's just true that humans develop sexually long before it's they're considered legal adults, right? Sure. Like it's just... How far before... <laughs> People begin puberty as 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 young as like ten or eleven years old, I believe. Right? That's not unusual. Yeah. And they people are are fully grown into their adult bodies right. as young as thirteen or fourteen years old. All right. Not controversial so far, correct? All right. Girls get their periods when they're ten, is what Bob's saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to see what, what I'm saying. Abe is blushing. The- Girls get periods. <laughs> the difference. It used to not the- be until you were a little older and now with hormones and stuff. Yeah, well, we drink all the cow's milk and it makes the blood come right. faster or whatever. But the point is. <laughs> there is- I, I want to see where this is going. There is, there is not any meaningful it's it's an entirely arbitrary thing that we decide that on someone's 18th birthday all of a the sudden they're an adult and that it is now acceptable for anyone who is above 18 years old to have a sexual relationship with that person nothing nothing has actually changed right, right? it's an arbitrary legal line that we draw in the sand that we say anything before this is completely unacceptable. Right, but... And anything after this is totally fine. I mean, where you draw the line, you have to draw it somewhere, right? But you would agree that physical development is not the only kind of development, right? And so if somebody... Of course. So, 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 and here's, here's what I'm getting at, is that there's this, there's this thing that people pretend. And people pretend, like, once you're over a certain age, 
it's just completely unacceptable to look at somebody who is 20 years old. Let's 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 go ahead and get them on the other side of the legal line, right. right? That somehow it's gross for a dirty old man who's 40 years old to think that a 20-year-old is super fucking hot, right? That somehow that's disgusting and that no ethical or moral human being would look at a 20-year-old and think— But is that the problem, though? I always thought that— I don't think that people think that. I always thought people— That's how it's presented. Okay, but I always thought the problem was that 40-year-old— I mean, and the older that I get, the weirder it is that anybody would be interested in somebody that young. But, you know— Well, you read Bridge to Terabithia, so who knows? <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. How dare you? Um, the, the There are people that are— exclusively into people that are young, right? So it's not like, oh, 35-year-old one day, 17-year-old the other day, right? It's like, it's not that, right? People seem to have a fixation for people that are under the age, right? All I'm saying is that it's very weird to me that it it's, it's denying, it's a denial of a biological reality, which is that people are always going to find young, sexually mature people fucking hot like there's no getting around it and and pretending like it's not the case is just another example of a big lie that everybody has decided to tell like yeah i think age of consent laws are fine and good like it's it it at the same time that i think that it's entirely arbitrary that the that somebody who's 17 years and 364 days old would land someone in jail versus somebody who's 18 years and zero right, days old. Recognizing uh, that there isn't any other way to do it than that, right? Unless you have like a sliding scale, like you're saying, like if you're 17, it's slightly less bad than 16, than 15, than 14, like some sort of thing like that. Like at some point you have to draw right. the line. Well, I don't know. I don't know that you can, you can, I don't think that you can uh, formalize or codify uh, half plus seven. Right. As, as the, uh, <laughs> oh my God, they should. As the age of consent. But like a 22 year old senior in college who's dating a young they, freshman at, at college who hasn't turned 18 yet. Yeah. Do I think it's sort of gross and but weird? They, cl- they cleaned that, up those laws, right? I think Lori was saying, like, unless, you know, you're within a striking distance, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. They, I don't know. I'm not, it seemed like they sorted. Most of the problems out, and like I said, going back to There's if just, one so, thing. So maybe I'm maybe I'm, what I'm reacting to is a bunch of people who are on Twitter and and are acting like weird Puritans, like it's just completely gross for anybody over the age of 35 to think that an 18 or a 20 or a 22 year old is physically attractive, and like that's absurd. The entire mainstream culture In, disagrees right. with yeah, that's, you because if you look at every actress, they're never over 30. Like it's in if they're in a movie and they're a hot girl, they're twenty seven. And that's just how it is. And you're expected to think they're hot. That's why they put them in the movie. Sure. And twenty seven is the right age for a woman, as I said the other day. <laughs> <laughs> a little higher. Yes. No. Well, in terms of what though? Because you've now you've escaped like, because any woman under twenty five is a nightmare human being. Like, there's just any no... person, any person. <laughs> Fine, but we're not talking about people. We're talking about women. Yeah, but you said woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, maybe I just was reading it wrong. I always just thought that people were saying just the totality because they're young of, of mind 
to not sexualize them and blah, 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 blah. Not so much that you're not recognizing that they share phys- similar physical traits as somebody yeah. who's like a year older than 18 than they are at seven. You're supposed to think they're hot. You're not supposed to exploit them. Right. Unless, right. You're, and I just, unless you're a movie studio and then it's fine. I just don't know that the power dynamics are always the way that people claim that they are. That, that, that somehow a 27-year-old who's dating an 18-year-old is inherently more powerful and, maybe not but what more a, more likely to exploit than than the other way around and i don't know i've, I've never i never really dated to be right. <laughs> like this is a conversation is purely it's academic for me but, um, wouldn't you think it odd if somebody exclusively dated somebody in that young age group no matter how old they got i think it was uh somebody made a chart of uh leonardo dicaprio and apparently he's got like this mm-hmm. age range and like once they hit like yep. twenty four, that's it. It's, and he goes back to finding some like twenty one year old, and then for a few years, and then twenty four or twenty five. Yeah, I think that that speaks that speaks to a level of emotional or psychological maturity on his part in a in a very negative way, right? I think that that is the case. I don't think it should be fucking illegal. It's not illegal, right it's a, but it's not yeah. because uh, they're twenty one. Yeah, right. I know. Like I said, all I'm reacting to is this this sort of creeping feeling of of puritanical right. weirdness right. about finding sexually mature people attractive that just strikes me as entirely a lie or hypocritical or something. Like how old is Anna de Armas? I have no idea. This, this is all is. about Anna de Armas, I'm sure. It is not oh, she's a, about from Blade Anna Runner? de Armas. <laughs> Among other films, yeah. yes. Yo, she's got to be over tw- 18. Oh, she's she, 32. She, naked, yeah. she is perfectly acceptable for me to have a crush on. <laughs> All of my other crushes are like in their fucking fifties at this you point. You do so. no, they are now. But how old was Rachel Weiss and Selma Hayek when you were super into them? I bet they were thirty two. I bet that that's your like weird, <laughs> your age. <laughs> I'm into thirty two year old chicks. What's my fucking problem? It hasn't been creepy to this point, but by the time I'm sixty, it's going to be a real fucking problem. <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You can direct any of your many comments about Abe's disgusting display of erotic attraction to young women, the Facebook or Twitter. Rachel Rice was 29 in The Mummy. Ah, 29. You can email the show, brainironpodcast at gmail.com. How old was Catherine Zeta-Jones in The Mask of Zorro? I guarantee you she was not 30 years old. Didn't she marry like that Zorro. old geezer? So she was born. She did. She married Michael oh, Douglas. Nine. He's like 40 years older than yeah, her. Yeah, old as balls. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, maybe she got a good personality. Who knows? She was 29. Oh, wow. wow look at I'm into older wow. chicks, apparently. Older? How old? Older? Did you hear what you just <laughs> fucking said? Like 10 years younger How than I am about to be 11 years math years older than that hold on how how old was penelope cruz in uh vanilla sky is that right sure why don't she not blow what was that movie with john no it's vanilla sky that he likes her in that was like 2002 she was probably 30 by then she was 27 27. what about uh last one elizabeth hurley in austin powers (laughs) So Elizabeth Hurley in 1997. So I feel like Elizabeth Hurley is, she's just so perfect. What year was Austin Powers? Austin 98? Powers, I think, was 97, right? Yeah. 
33. Yeah. Okay, so that's your... Yeah, so I have, uh, if I have an age range, right. it was like 27 to 33. Well, shit. Yeah, this isn't going to work, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> Bob also thinks I have brown hair, everyone. You can email the show, brainironpodcast at gmail.com. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Mark Gillig, who passed his dissertation defense <gasps> last week. Yay! Oh, look at that. Doctor, doctor, doctor Gillig. I don't know if it's official, official, but it's basically official. He should take over oh God, for Uthel so home position. He should be making the rounds. Yeah. What movie did you like Carla Gugino in? Uh, Sin City. But I liked her before then. I can't remember. Yeah, you what. liked her before then. But especially Sin City. Oh, that's the one with she Jessica. She was thirty-four in Sin City. Yeah. So, as we can see from the conversation that we had fifteen minutes ago, like this was this was not a personal thing where I'm into sixteen years. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this is not. That is not the. That is not the issue. He is into busty brunettes <laughs> that are between twenty-nine in, in and their thirty-five. Early 30s. <laughs> Uh, what did we watch the last week? What are we we watched doing? some of that Q documentary and that pottery show. Oh, pottery show. Ugh, fuck you. It's a show on from BBC Eleven or something that has made its way onto Netflix, and it's basically the Great British Bake Off, except it's for making pottery. It's amazing. Uh, Breaking news: Coors Field will host the MLB All Star oh, Game. Colorado. Oh. Nice, yes. nice purpley blue state for them to move yeah. to. Safe place. I'm reading The Three-Body Problem, which is supposed to be one of the best sci-fi novels of uh, the modern vintage. Cool. And I'm enjoying it a great deal. It's a Chinese book. Never read a Chinese no book kidding. before. So How did you hear about this? It's just, it's like one of the most, it won the Hugo Award. It's one of the most popular sci-fi books of the last 15 years or something like no that. No kidding. Um, did they get uh, a Chinese person to translate it into English? They did, and I don't want to make judgments about Chinese literature writ large based on 180 pages that I've read out of a 400-page sci-fi book by one guy so okay, far. But you will. That I'm not even reading in the native tongue, obviously, it, the native language. I'm reading this guy's translation right. of it. But it's very uh, fucking – like the writing is not at all what stands out about it. Right, but it's not it's the author's clinical. fault. It's this translator. He's fucking it up. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if there's actually like it's there's just something very bureaucratic and straightforward about it. And that I mean it's it's fucking it's a commie book that I'm reading. There's no getting around it. <laughs> but it's good so far. It's good. The story is good. I've been hooked. I've been so it takes takes a few minutes a, a good little bit to figure out what the fuck is going on in this story. But I'm about halfway through now and it's uh and it's really good. We'll see what becomes of it. I think they're making a movie about it. Oh, I'm pretty sure that they that the plan is to make movies about it. On my uh, what are you reading? I finished Animal Farm, and that was pretty decent. And now I'm reading, and I'll try to read through this uh, little vacation that I got going in Tybee Island. Uh, it's a biography of uh, Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty good stuff. Some thrilling beach reading yeah. you're you're bringing with you on I've vacation. I've always wanted to read. About the Supreme Court. Is your is the whole crew that you're going? Have they all been vaccinated? Yeah, What's everyone the, uh... is vaccinated. Mm, yeah, something like that. Something, something like Very that. Very convincing. <laughs> it's Good. in a beach. You know, I'm sure I guess, be the, fine. I guess the 
Doesn't matter if Abe is. I guess the key person is vaccinated, which is That's you. right, yeah. I'm uh, operating under the uh, 100% protected... Uh, He's vaccinated and, like, post-COVID, yeah. so... So, should be fun. Your prediction's looking pretty good, uh, I think, that you will claim victory for your uh, Memorial Day back to normal thing. Right. I think you'll be wrong. Oh, no, no, no. It's not going to stop no. you from, from claiming victory. <laughs> no, it's Labor Day. But it's it's gonna be what I said, which is that by fall we'll be back to normal. Right. And and this uh, uptick in cases of these young people, it's it's, it's accelerating yeah. the thing, you know. So they'll get it, and then the old people are still getting vaccinated, and then it's gonna open up to everybody by the end of April, and then I'll have a whole month to you know end of May, right on target. You uh, got anything else for us tonight, Abe? I actually do, Bob. Uh, you know, we were talking about uh, your boy, Matt Gates earlier. Uh, did you know, and this is always, as always true, that in 2017, the U.S. House of Representatives voted 418 to 1, to 1, to pass a law to combat the trafficking of minor children across state lines, directing the Transportation Department to create new rules and an advisory committee on how best to address the problem of human trafficking in the U.S., right? That's why it's so popular. One brave congressman stood up against this federal power grab, the very same hero who in 2015 was one of only two Florida state-level legislators to vote against a Florida bill that made revenge porn illegal. Who was that man of such high principle, such incomparable moral fiber? It was the Honorable Matt Gates. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. You, you, never, you never crossed your mind that, oh, this can't be that important to just throw it away without looking into it? I just... Sure, I throw shit away every single day, but I... I I can't explain it. Like, sometimes there's a piece of mail, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to need that someday. And I stick it on the stack. <laughs> and then now it's in the stack. Yeah, we do a follow up. It turns like, out it did I not. I have this like responsibility to go through time. this stack someday. And uh, yeah, eventually I'm going to die, and all of my emails will be unread, and all of my stupid stacks of paper will be somebody else's problem. And I should have my just thrown problem. it all in the trash. Yes, yeah. sure. Anyway. Happy Easter. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's constant. I start listening for it, people out there who are listening to me. And you will hear people stop. They will not say important. They will say important. And it's just <laughs> awful. It like it makes me want to drive a large knife through my ear holes. You it's could just terrible. turn the radio off. But that's weird. I like, could how you, turn the radio that, off. That bothered yeah. you because, like, even though I, again I know you're not saying it at the end, I process it as the full word. It's this. It's the first T. Right. Important. Yeah. Important. Not instead of important. Does uh, you know people it, say water it, with a D? Does that bother you too? You want the water? Yeah, water is terrible. Yeah, but it sounds stupid the other way. The British way, water. You, you can say water oh, without water. saying big, water. It's a big thing. Just don't say water. <laughs> but somehow water is both like South Georgia and also uh, like Eastern Pennsylvania. Somehow, oh really? Like water is both of those. They, they do it in both of those places. I think. Once you text me your news. 
that belongs right. to me now. Right. And you can't be mad at me for sharing them with the world thing is even better. Right. Uh, and you know that's now that's, I agree in a in a practical sense. Like I'm going to teach my daughter someday. If you take a picture of your naked body and you send it to someone, it's out of your control. That belongs to them now, well, and they're going to do with it whatever they want. I and think that if you teach her that, that's fine. Cause she won't do it. So, <laughs> from a practical standpoint, he's not wrong. But like from a legislator's standpoint, uh, the idea that you're going to not make it illegal to share people's nudes against their will uh, is just amazing. It's very, yeah. And I, it sounds like he, honest to God, believes it. Humans develop sexually long before it's they're considered legal adults, right? Like it's just big, meaty, throbbing, and impressively and temptingly vascular. <laughs> 